It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Live Mike is what we're calling it. Episode 40. Pretty big day here on the program. A lot of ground to cover. We've talked about polygamy, New Hampshire, cell phones, guns, and presidential elections. Why don't we talk about public lands now for a little bit? Uh, this next guest I'm excited to, to hear from. It's a, his name is Casey Hammond. He's acting U.S. Department of the Interior Assistant Secretary for Land and Minerals Management. The BLM uh, recently uh, announced uh, a management plan uh, for the Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante region. The, the history of this is something that you've, you've been following this for a long time. Uh, it's been going on for a long time. And in full disclosure, I first became aware of this issue when I was a congressional staffer working for Rob Bishop out in Utah. Coincidentally, at the same time, Casey Hammond, my next guest, was also out there in Washington, D.C., working on the Committee of Natural Resources, of which Rob Bishop at the time uh, was the chair. Uh, Assistant Secretary Hammond, how are you, sir? Great, great talking to you, Lee. And, and first, I should say congratulations on escaping the swamp and making your way all the way back to Utah. I can only live in envy of that decision. I made it out relatively unscathed. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. And same to you. Since you and I last crossed paths, you've uh, experienced a few promotions and had a bit more responsibility placed on your plate. Uh, so congratulations uh, as well to you. Thank you. Tell me uh, what's going on. Or at least first, you've, what you've done, your agency has done, is released uh, a management plan. Uh, now help us with an educational effort here. What is a management plan? Okay, so what we did on Friday is we signed what's called a record of decision on these two new management plans. Uh, actually, I should correct that. It's actually three new management plans uh, with regards to Bears Ears National Monument and Grand Staircase National Monument and those lands that are no longer in the Grand Staircase Escalante um, as they were amended by President Trump in December of 20, uh, 2017. So what these plans will do is they'll lay out how these how these public lands will be managed going forward um, under the monument, under President Clinton's monument, and of course under President Obama's monument uh, proclamation for Bears Ears. There is set out a certain um, management prescription. Now with the new the new proclamations by President Trump, we had to go back and um, do some analysis and lay out plans that will take us twenty twenty five years out into the future. So it was just a little bit of background. The President Clinton, uh, in the dark of night, as some have described, uh, made this declaration establishing the Grand Staircase Escalante uh, National Monument. And a few years ago, President Obama, in the last uh, little bit of his presidency, made the declaration here in the, the state of Utah, announcing uh, the establishment of the Bears Ears National Monument. That upset uh, a number of people, uh, in particular, a lot of local folks down uh, there. Let me quickly uh, catch 
folks back up to speed on what happened next once President Trump came into office. He came here uh, to Utah. He was up at Utah's Capitol Hill. I was lucky enough. I was there in the audience. Uh, it was uh, well attended. Uh, I don't know if it was the biggest crowd, as he'd uh, like you all to believe, but it was a pretty big crowd, a respectable crowd, and had this to say. Therefore, today, on the recommendation of Secretary Zick and with the wise counsel of Senator Hatch, Senator Lee, and the many others, I will sign two presidential proclamations. These actions will modify the National Monuments designations of both Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante. That gave way to the need for the establishment of these plans, which you have finalized and released on Friday. Is that correct? That's correct. And, and that was a, I think that was a very historic day for the state of Utah. And it, it made a correction, or two big corrections, to uh, longstanding uh, issues that were caused in 1996 by President Clinton and later by, by President Obama. So uh, I think it went a long way to uh, heal some old wounds and to restore trust. That's one of our... Our key goals here at the Department of the Interior is to restore trust and be a good neighbor. And I think what the president did um, went a long way to to rebuilding those relationships. Those who have opposed the efforts by the Trump administration and supported those of the Obama administration and going back further, the Clinton administration, say that this is really just an effort by Republicans and conservatives to get their hands on the natural resources that are in the ground. They want to drill. They want to drill. They want to drill. There has been some reaction uh, to these plans released on Friday by your office. Some of the reaction is, well, of course, this is just going to let folks come in and drill and uh, exploit the land. Is that, are those claims accurate? Uh, no, not in my experience. Like you said, we, I think we both became acquainted with these issues in our time uh, working on the Hill. Yeah, I, my first boss on the Hill was uh, Jim Hansen, who many of your listeners will be familiar with from the uh, first congressional. M- many are many are commuting on his highway right now. Y- yeah, yeah. So, um, so going back to that that far, and I got to say, in my time working on these issues, national monument issues, I really have. I've been racking my brain to try to remember one time that we've had an extractive industry group or representatives come in and lobby on this issue or talk about this issue. In my memory, it's never been about that, and yet that's the only thing you hear about with these two issues. Now, since the the proclamations were issued by President Trump, there's been a minimal amount of interest as far as oil and gas or coal goes. Um, when I say minimal, I say you can probably count on one hand how much interest we've had in those two uh, particular areas. I think what's really going to happen here going forward with what we did with these plans is with the increased interest in tourism in Utah, particularly in southern Utah and around and central Utah, around our national uh, parks, you've seen an explosion of, of tourism. What this will allow us to do is to better um, accommodate those visitors that are now coming to Utah and visiting those locations but are spilling over into places like Grand Staircase. And when President Obama issued the Bears Ears uh, ostensibly to protect it, what really happened is you had an explosion of interest in that area as well. So you have more visitors going to that location than you ever did before. And now what we have to do is find a way to accommodate all those people coming in and better protect the resource. 
Outstanding. Uh, Assistant Secretary Hammond, I'm grateful to you. Casey Hammond, our guest uh, from the Department of the Interior, I'm grateful to you uh, for helping us understand these issues. I'm grateful to you for your work you're doing back over there. And, and let me tell you, great talking to you again, man. Thank you, Lee. Good luck to you. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, so that's where things stand right now. In our next segment, we're going to be joined by uh, Rachel Wooten with the Public Affairs uh, Office of the Bureau of Land Management. She's going to help us understand what this means here in the state of Utah. You heard uh, Casey there on the phone talk about how uh, these most recent efforts have drawn new attention to uh, these areas, the Bears Ears areas in Grand Escalante, Grand Staircase Escalante, uh, as tourism destinations. Uh, we're going to see if that's all the case and what's happening about it and what this management plan means not only for these lands but for you and me that's next here on live mike i'm lee lonsberry and this is ksl news radio this is live mike with lee lonsberry welcome back to live mike i'm lee lonsberry this is episode 40 pretty good uh listen i am joined in studio by another washington dc transplant uh, I hope you don't get offended by our superior air we bring to these conversations. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, my guest right now is from the Public Affairs Office of the Bureau of Land Management, Rachel Wooten, who is uh, Utahn herself. Uh, don't get confused, but spent some time uh, out in Washington, D.C. In our last segment, we spoke to an assistant secretary from the Department of Interior, uh, Casey Hammond. He told us about how this management plan for Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante uh, has been finalized and now released. And he told us what a management plan is. It's essentially the, the governing document uh, as to how these lands will be managed uh, by the various uh, departments and agencies of the federal government tasked with uh, taking care uh, of them, namely the Bureau of Land Management. Uh, Rachel, I'm grateful to you for joining me. How you doing? Great. Thanks so much for having me. Get right up close to that microphone. We'll have a good chat here. Let me ask you this. Uh, these uh, management plans, uh, they, they're different. It depends on uh, the the nature of the monument. It depends on the location. It depends on the will and voices of the local people. In that announcement by President Trump in December of 2017, that carried with it a proclamation uh, which created an advisory commission of, of sorts. And uh, anyway, that commission was behind the, the formulation of this new management plan. Can you talk to us a bit about that commission, how it comes to be, and, and how they're able to, to communicate their findings? Yeah, so specifically in the case of Bears Ears National Monument, we have what's called a, a monument advisory committee, the Bears Ears Monument Advisory Committee. There, It's an advisory group, members of the public, who help us to kind of hear hear from the public and and incorporate their voices in our decision making so they provide recommendations they met and helps the blm with the draft plans and that really informed our decision making in addition to the public input and the other input we got from stakeholder groups and many other interested members of the public talk to me about the makeup of that committee there are certain requirements you know so many people who live uh in the you know geographic proximities to the monument yeah. maybe members of the tribe uh, tell me who who makes up this committee. Yeah, so there's members uh, members of the committee represent tribal interests. They represent grazing interests, represent conservation interests, both dispersed recreation interest and also kind of more developed recreation interests. So there's uh, as well as some at large members. So there's a lot of a lot of different perspectives brought together by that committee. They 
uh, the committee and the bureau at large solicited public comment, yeah. uh, which went into the formulation of this management plan. Now, I want to get into the specifics of the plan here in a moment, but I think it's important to understand uh, which voices were informing its creation. Talk to me a little bit about what the public had to say. Yeah, so the public had a lot of opportunities to comment on the plans, not only during the scoping period where they helped shape initially what issues we would look at, but also th- throughout the planning process where they had the opportunity to review the drafts and really tell us, you know, what are important things that we should be considering and help inform those decisions. And those comments really, there were a range of comments about whether or not we needed to kind of, you know, specifically focus on one area or make decisions about like what resources should be protected there. But of course, you know, those, those management plans were really informed and made better by public opinion in addition to, you know, all of the, uh, in addition to protecting the monument objects and values within those monuments. Sure. Uh, we heard from uh, Casey Hammond in the segment prior that all this attention over the past few years on these areas has triggered uh, much tourism mm-hmm. uh, visitation. What? How does the management plan address the, the uptick in tourism? What are tourists allowed to do under this management plan on this uh, monument? Let's talk specifically first about Bears Ears. Yeah, so, you know, in Bears Ears, we've seen a huge influx of people interested in visiting these natural resources. And we want to make sure that people have the tools to visit respectfully, right? So these plans help us to decide what sites should be prioritized for, you know, more public visiting to maybe harden a site. So that way, if there's, we're going to direct a lot of members of the public there that they, they, you know, there's limited impacts to that site. So that's one of the things that we do to kind of in the Bears Ears area. That's, that's getting to this notion of like we have the capability of loving our parks to death. Yeah. Uh, after that big campaign for Utah's Mighty Five, the whole world descended mm-hmm. on Utah. And there have been some, uh, some stresses faced right. by the national parks yeah. here in Utah. Part of this management plan uh, it kind of preempts and looks ahead and down the road to make sure that the monument uh, wouldn't face similar, uh, I don't want to call it destruction, but uh, let me just say uh, a damaging level of love. Right, and so what we want what we want people to do is present and future generations, we want those people, everyone coming after us to be able to enjoy and learn from these remarkable resources. Because I think that's something that you know we all agree on, that Bears and Grand Staircase, those areas are remarkable places with beautiful natural resources that really kind of help us as, you know, citizens of the United States, they're our legacy. And so how can we protect those for the future? Uh, Let me ask you this. Let's say I am, let's say, let's say President's Day is on the horizon. (laughs) I, myself, my beautiful wife and brand new baby, we have uh, a free free three-day weekend. We want to enjoy what, say, Bears Ears has to offer as tourists. uh, What can we do? We hit the road. We show up at the front gate. Is there a gate? Uh, So there's one of the kind of great things about national monuments managed by the BLM is you can often go explore on your own, right? You might not run into a lot of people and you might not hit a gate because these lands are really your public lands open for everyone. What should I, what should I keep in mind? Are there rules that I could break accidentally? Yeah. So one of the things that we like to tell people is visit respectfully, right? Don't touch. If you're visiting a rock art site, don't touch it. Just look and take pictures instead of taking something from there, right? Leave things where you find them. Because one of the things that we've learned from tribal members, we've learned from archaeologists, is that these resource, these archaeological resources and our natural resources matter so much when they're kept intact and mm-hmm. in place. And so that's one of the things that we, you know, try to tell people, as well as staying on designated routes. 
Uh, and am I on foot this whole time? Am I able to drive my truck in there? Yeah, so you can, there are roads that you can drive on. The roads, uh, you know, depending on where you are, you might be on a dirt road, you might be on a paved road, but there are, you know, roads to get you there. And then once you once you get to the place you want to visit, you can walk around and depending on, you know, what the rules are for that area, you might you might bike, you might do other things there too. Can I make a, a confession, Producer Amy? Did you hear what I just said there? I asked if I could drive my truck there. I don't drive a truck. <laughs> I said that to sound cool, and I heard myself, and I was embarrassed. I'm sorry. I drive uh, an old person Ford or a little old car. But you can take that there, too. But it, it, I can make it? <laughs> yeah. I can make it in an, an old Buick? I can make it up and down the, the trails there? Okay, very good. Maybe I'll be cool enough to own a truck someday. Someday. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. So it's not only uh, recreation issues that are addressed in these management plans. Uh, there, too, are economic development opportunities, both for folks uh, looking to profit from those seeking recreation, but also uh, like min- mineral and energy extraction folks. Uh, w- w- if I go down there with my family, am I going to run into to these types of uh, operations? So generally, you know, across public lands around the West are... Uh, there are many opportunities for multiple use, right? BLM's mission is multiple use. So when you're out on public lands, you may see energy development. You may see other people recreating. You may see people grazing. You may see all kinds of different uses. And that's there, I people's think, animals would probably be doing the grazing, right? Right. Not, people, not many. Not much not human many grazing out there. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. All right. But yeah, so you might see you might see livestock grazing. Yeah. You might see all these different uses. And so I think that's one of the things that makes me so passionate about what we do is that multiple use. And so as a member of the public, you can go see that. Uh, that being said, the Grand Staircase and Bears Ears National Monument are close to new mineral entry or uh, leasing. So you're not going to see, you know, those activities within the monument, but you may see that surrounding on public lands. Sure. Uh, what else? What other tips would you give to folks who are maybe just understanding Bears Ears as a potential recreation destination, someplace where they can spend some time uh, and get out and, and view some of Utah's nature? Well, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I think, you know, generally when people are going out on Bureau of Land Management public lands, I tell people it's really choose your own adventure because you'll often be there, you know, by yourself. You might run into a few people, but you also might not. So, plan ahead if you're going to go visit. You might not have cell coverage, so you might want to go to the BLM's website to find out more information about how you can visit. Or, you know, do those things before. Bring a map because, you know, we're so connected now that often we assume we're going to have our phones with us that will tell us, GPS will tell us where to go. But, um, so that's one of the things I tell people to prepare. Outstanding. Rachel Wooten, Public Affairs Specialist with Bureau of Land Management. Thanks for getting us up to speed on this and maybe I'll uh, make my way out there with my truck. We hope you do. I don't have a truck. It's a Buick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Rachel. Uh, you got us up to speed. That's what's going on uh, down in Bears Ears as well. Uh, Grand Staircase, Escalante. It's kind of a, a difficult thing to understand, uh, but fascinating once you take hold of it. And I think uh, you'll enjoy it all the more if you if you visit and really get an understanding of what's going on down there. It's not uh, it's not an oil field uh, like so many have accused uh, the Trump of Trump administration of fostering down there. Uh, anyway, that's it for for that topic. In the next one, we're talking. Get this. Uh, I haven't talked much about sports uh, as, <laughs> during my tenure as host here of this new program, but I'm going to give it a shot. I watched a little bit of football over the weekend. You might say, "Wait, no, the Super Bowl ended. Where, where are you watching football?" Well, Vince McMahon, you know that WWE, the wrestler guy, he started up uh, uh, the XFL again. We had a few games over the weekend. We're going to welcome into studio Mitch Harper with KSL Sports. Going to talk to me about XFL over the weekend next. Here, stick around. 
This is Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and you're listening to KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.